Hello, welcome to UX Conversations, where we talk about all things UX design with folks who have recently started in the field. We hope that these conversations can help budding designers to learn from our experiences. I'm your host, Ankita, and today we have Yuhao Shi joining us to talk about big three lessons learned in the field. Yuhao started working as a UX designer at Macy's in July 2020. Welcome, Yuhao. Thank you, Ankita. Really excited to have you here and uh, really looking forward to our conversation about, you know, what are the big things we are learning at work as we make this um, transition from being a student and to being a professional. We were discussing this before. You were talking about time management. So why don't you get us started with that? Yeah, well, uh, we have talked about that because um, in school, our calendar is almost filled with meetings for different school projects. But we, we didn't expect that uh, we, we also have such a lot of meetings in the field. And it's even kind of uh, takes some of our uh, time to do high down work, which is also a big part in the real life working session. So, and I start to feel that uh, a lot of meetings are not that um, close to what you, you are working on. You know, a lot of meetings are uh, knowledge sharing sessions from other departments. And a, a lot of other meetings are from the company level. So when you look at your calendar, it's kind of crazy that it's filled with different blocks. And a lot of it is not relevant to the project you're working on. And it, it takes a lot of time. So yeah, I think that's the big surprise uh, after joining this field. And I still try to learn how to deal with it. Right, yeah. Are there any uh, tips, uh, you know, or tricks you use to make sure that you are getting some time in the day to make sure you're you're working on, you know, what you're supposed to be working on? Yeah, so uh, after a while, and that's also uh, a lot of uh, my manager's suggestion, actually which is block some time in your calendar. It could be just name it work. And um, to really think about what meetings you should be sitting and what meetings is that is really optional for you. It depends on the progress, the pace of your work. You can decide either you, you want to uh, attend that. Um, so that is a, one of the most direct way of doing that. And part of it is to join the meeting with an active intention. Hmm. So to, ahead of joining the meeting, think about what you could learn from this meeting or what's your role in this meeting. And to really take some time and to think about that. And then that will help me to make the decision of joining that meeting or not. So the kind of minimizing the meetings you join and save some time back for high down work because in the end, the deliverables really matters. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, one of my big learnings uh, has been uh, about preparing for meetings, understanding your role and also knowing what you need to bring to the meeting is very important. So it reminds me of um, that back in school that we kind of 
separate uh, this presentations into two tabs. One is the formal ones and the others are informally just share your work and ask for feedback. But I think in a working scenario, there's really just one type of presentations and all the presentations or showing work are the same. You need to have a clear storytelling, several key points that you want to make. So even it is just a internal a reveal in your team to help your folks understand the context and give valuable feedback. We have to just take some time to think about how we present it in the best way. Because I think that is a real problem in working uh, situation because not everybody is on your team and has uh, enough background knowledge right. of your uh, project, but they need to give you feedback. So uh, it's kind of our job who are the presenters to have a clear idea of what we are looking for. So, and that is not even just for uh, showing the work, I think it also works for the one-on-one touch base with yeah. your teammates or managers. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, and, you know, what it reminds me of actually is um, in school, uh, we try to do is like whenever we had a working session, then like having an agenda, okay, like what are all the things we need to accomplish? So it it becomes more about the time management becomes more about how we, how can we get all of this work done in like these one, one and a half hour meeting. I think there's, of course, like a lot of differences in, in the industry. Not everyone has all of the context, like who is coming to the meeting. And, but in, in school, what happens is like your meetings are typically with your teammates uh, who have the complete understanding of what that project is. One good thing, I guess, recommend to people who are planning to get into this field is practicing, facilitating. I think that kind yeah. of role is uh, is what you play when you are when you're presenting your work uh in the industry yeah facilitating that meetings conversations is definitely very important or i would say sometimes even it is driving a conversation and that that is interesting that because we just came into this field and we feel that we are um you know still students and, and new hires so some people with more experience to drive the conversation or meeting, but that's not accurate because in many situations that if this is a project you own and you have to drive some conversations. Um, so yeah, that's another thing that out of my expectation, but it's such important. We also touched on this other thing. And the last time we were talking about this, uh, that when you're getting onboarded onto new projects again, you know, this is like something which happens, especially as you start uh, working and you kind of dropped right in the middle of all of these different projects, which are kind of going in parallel. So uh, do you have any uh, thoughts to share on that? Like, how has your experience been getting onboarded on the projects? Yeah, sure. This is definitely another uh, fun topic. Um, since um, that is the, the story happened to me that I... I was in a team before and I suddenly um, I was borrowed by other teams to work on a, a short period project. So, so I joined a project in the halfway. And at that stage, I felt that projects already at the crafting level. So 
to me, I just uh, assumed that uh, they have already figured out what problem they are solving and what was the direction they are going with. So I was thinking that my job is just to um, figure out the, you know, the interactions, the flows, all the wireframes and uh, uh, information uh, architecture on the screen, you know, just a placement of different elements. But after a week of working on that, those stuffs, and uh, we presented to product managers and got a lot of feedback on the general directions. So they have some uh, disagreement on the direction we're going with, and some of our designs are not hitting their expectations on from the product level or business goals. But at the time, I didn't even try to think about those problems. You know, I just assumed that all those things were already figured out. So the the lesson I learned from this is that every time we join a project, even though those that project you didn't start from the beginning and you uh, it's not a project you take the ownership, you still need to learn a lot of background knowledge, context, and touch base with part of managers or and other stakeholders to understand the, the goal of this design. And um, that is a kind of the focus of our design back in school, but we tend to ignore that um, in the real projects because again, uh, in school, we, we are always the boss of that project, but we kind of downplay our role or job uh, when working with several other designers, especially when those designers have uh, more experience than us in the real industry. But I would say the real story is that we, as long as we are a member in this team, we have to contribute our uh, thinking and to this project, even though the focus right now is crafting it out. So, yeah, I think a, a big topic uh, generated from this is that just design thinking could be never separated from every design phase. Um, yeah, that's what I learned from this. Yeah, um, you know, I think that it's a very common situation to happen at work, uh, which which I don't think that we are ever really uh, put in the similar kind of situation in school where you are starting midway um, because, you know, in school, like all you and your teammates are starting at the base level together. You're building the context, you're deciding what you want to work on. So it's definitely a new experience and there's like a lot of things to, to learn when you're dropped in the middle of a project. I have an example to share actually. So this was at the very beginning when I started working. Uh, I was uh, I was basically uh, we we have a very mature product and uh, we uh, I was basically onboarded onto that project uh, to be the researcher on it. So since the product is mature and like you know it's out there in the world, users are using it already. Uh, a lot of like the discovery work has already been done. So my job was really to come in and do evaluative work. And uh, 
I kind of, I knew the product, what, what it was supposed to do and things like that. But like what you said, like I did not question too much, especially because I was also new. So I didn't know yeah. what are the right questions to ask. So one thing which I did was like being very aware uh, in our everyday meetings, like let it be stand up or like the backlog meetings and things like that. Just kind of listening to what people are saying, what they are working on. So I tried to do that very actively in the first week or so to get little more context. I think that is like one good way you can familiarize yourself with like some of the terminologies and things like that. Uh, and then being a researcher, like it's a harder job to get the complete context because you're kind of supposed to uh, understand all of all of that and still ask more questions. So you have to exhaust yeah. whatever has, has been done previously. And then you have to then be an expert enough to ask the right questions. So that was definitely like something um, I realized that I needed to do more groundwork, like ask my manager more questions about we have been doing about this project and like what has gone into it and what kind of research have we done previously? What are the open questions we have? Because another thing which happened was um, a lot of open questions, which we kind of dug through that first round of research, they were already documented somewhere. So when I, right. when, I when I was like, oh my God, this, this whole thing, we need to work on this. I kind of discovered that for myself. Uh, that was already discovered. And I, I don't think that there's anything, uh, you know, anything which was like taken away from that research. But I do feel that if I had known some of the issues and understood the product a little more, I would have been able to ask questions better uh, about it. So uh, that is a very big difference also, like in terms of design and research roles, like a designer has to basically understand all of that and actually internalize and then produce designs for it with the researcher it's more about understanding all of that work and then further questioning it so I just think it's very fascinating to like think of all of that yeah I think that is a very good point because um and I think that is another big difference between real work and the school projects since if you think about it everything we're working the company is the is a part of the big package of company's product. But every school project is a new project. It's a totally new project. You start with a problem that um, that you just maybe just uh, find it out somewhere. And um, you intentionally don't want to take any previous work. Even though somebody has research on this, uh, you can take it for reference, but you still want to start research from scratch because it could be a slightly different context. And we intentionally want to practice our uh, research skills or want to learn something. So, so we intentionally do it from scratch and to go into all the different processes. But it's different in real work because it is the part of the big package. So by nature, there must be a lot of elements that are relevant to this work, which has already been done previously. So I think you raise a, a really interesting point that in this type of situation, the users' insights are not just out there, um, but also in our own legacy. Right. So um, they, they could be gold for us. So it, a good way to treat a project if you join it halfway 
is to still think it as a treat it as a new project, but just a project with a lot of existing resources. And you still need to uh, dive into those uh, explorations, but there is just a more effective and productive way for you to get all the things you need to know in a quicker way. Yeah, I think that's the only difference. And and your resource of um, those findings and uh, insights are not in users, but in your folks in, in the in the legacies of the company, and uh, which is pretty accessible for you. But we still need to have this kind of exploration mindset yeah. and to dive into those. Cool. Coming to our last uh, big learning, which we spoke about uh, the last time, uh, is making decisions with very little to no information. And this is very close to my heart. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's something I have been giving a lot of thought recently. One thing uh, I have come to realize as UX professionals, you have to make decisions yourself. And a lot of times what might happen is you don't have enough context, you don't have enough information, you have not done enough research. And, and in spite of all of that, uh, you are in that position and you have to make a decision. So I think that it's such a crucial skill for us to develop, to know how to make those decisions. So, uh, you yeah. know, I'll let you, I'll let you share your thoughts on that. Yeah, Stephanie, even... Uh, even in the internship I had uh, last summer, one of my uh, biggest feeling is that the design is really just an art of making decisions. Um, as within the organization, I, I feel a lot of stakeholders are supporting you and providing information uh, to you to help you make that decision. Um, but in many cases, those information are still not enough. <laughs> at least we don't feel that it's enough right. but you have to push the project forward you have to make that decision so at the beginning and that is a lot of pressure and um, I, I think my mindset was changing a little bit because I was aware that I am right now working on a real project it has some real impact it's not just like a school project that is just something I put on my portfolio it's not real at all but afterwards, I realized that that mindset um, kind of limited my creativity or, you know, just um, for productivity or uh, the chances of uh, exploring something. Was it because it acted as a negative pressure instead of being? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a negative pressure. That because you feel this thing it has a, such a big impact, so you kind of want to make sure everything is right. But but I kind of forgot that the nature of this, it just can't be. So the nature of the design is iterative. You mm -hmm. kind of get it all right at the beginning, and that is that's what we keep um, addressing in school, and it's just kind of the foundational theory we learn, but when we face the real situation, we tend to forget that. So, yeah, so 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 after a while, I, I tend to just don't care it if that's the real project or not. You, you just do the 
the thing that you need to do at this phase. And it's totally fine if you're not right at this time, but you have to take some actions. Yeah. Basically, like with what we learn in school, you're always moving forward mm. in a design project, right? Even even if you fail, that is a, some learning. So to keep that mindset, it makes me feel comfortable to just make decisions. And I believe that um, after many times of making those decisions, we can keep being better and better on this. Totally. Uh, and you know, you kind of touched there on the nature of design as iterative and you kind of forget that when you're working on real world project. I think that is so true. That's what makes it so important to remember that constantly that, you know, it's okay to for this to be not be perfect this time because we are, we are going to get back to it. And um, I think one important thing to do along with that is to call out the risks uh, you know, what are the risks associated with making this decision we are supposed to make with, uh, you know, not all the information which I would want or like the team would want. So uh, to like give an example about it, um, a lot of times with user research, that is what happens is like you have to kind of put that, uh, that cutting point. So one thing I have realized as a researcher is that you really need to call out the risks of not doing a certain research or like not doing enough of like what you think needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that kind of helps safeguard and helps set the right kind of expectations with your product managers and like any other stakeholders who are uh, key players in making like further decisions based on your decisions. So I think that has been one thing which I have learned is to um, think through what are the risks and what are you willing to take. Sometimes I think that it's also essential to put your foot down and say that, no, I, I need more. I cannot make a decision only based on like just these three things so far. So um, it's, it's kind of like knowing when to fight for that and when to like not. Uh, so mm -hmm. you also have to be very cognizant of the, the project timelines and like the expectations and so that's, uh, that's a judgment yeah. call again. And again, just practicing it is so important. Like, I think that judgment kind of develops over time. And what, what, what makes it interesting is that, uh, what stands out to me in our talk, which is very interesting, is that I, I found that we had talked a lot of differences between school projects and uh, real life projects. But another theme I feel I found is that how similar it is between school projects and real life projects. And I, I noticed that a lot of our struggles are coming from that we change the mindset or we change the way of doing things just because we uh, work on the real projects right now. That is kind of limiting. So that, that's an interesting uh, findings uh, I have from this talk. And another good lesson is that just don't forget what you learn uh, mm -hmm. in school and try to find a good way to combine them with some real life situation instead of getting rid of them um, because they are proved to be very useful things and you just need to practice them in another in a different setting. Right. Yeah, I love what you said about uh, even though there are like big differences, there's also a lot of similarities. 
what I thought about that was like the foundations of how you approach the project. Those are really what you are learning in school. And then you are absolutely right. We kind of like throw that out the window when we move to industry because there are so many new uh, ways we have to learn to do things. So I feel like in that transition somewhere that kind of gets lost of like what we have yeah. already learned. Yeah, I totally agree. And if you look back to the topics we have talked about today, the four meetings, we we had this practice to set agendas uh, in school meetings, right? Mm -hmm. And we kind of treat every meetings as a professional or a formal meetings and try to practice our professional skills. But when we really step into the uh, real work session, we kind of forget that and um, just treat those meetings as random talk with some folks, but it's not true. Right. right to, to get the most of that meeting, you have to do some preparation. And for, for onboard, if you join a project from halfway, and we tend to forget the way that we learn in school that where we are the boss of the project. But it turns out that even for this type of project, you need to have the ownership mindset. So it is really the same as what we have in school. And the last one for decision-making, you know, no matter how important and how impactful the project is, no matter it's a group project for assignment or a real project in industry, as designers, we always have to think crazy and take risks at the beginning so that you can get some opportunities to get something really innovation out. So uh, when we step into the uh, industry, we kind of forget that, um, how to say that? The iterative nature of design. We kind of forget that it's iterative and we forget that we should be championing innovative ideas, uh, yeah. challenging the status quo. Yeah, that's our yeah. role really. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting that looking back to each single topic that it proved that the best practice is really just to follow what we learned initially. Right. and try to feed that with the real situation. Right. Well, Yuhao, this was amazing. I loved our conversation and, you know, just so much to learn, uh, especially at the end, the way we kind of wrapped up the whole conversation about what we actually learned in school and how we can reapply that in a industry setting. I think that's really insightful for me personally, and I'm sure our audience uh, will feel the same way. Thanks a lot for joining me and I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. It's definitely a pleasure.